If you would, join me in your Bible to the book of Acts, chapter 13. And we're in our missions emphasis uh, this month. And uh, I, from time to time, I hear negative uh, responses and attitude toward missions and, and uh, preacher. All that's going on in America, why should we send missionaries uh, to all over the world? Well, I agree with you. We need some good missionaries in America. But we have a mandate from God to evangelize the whole world at the same time. And uh, today I thought I'd just, uh, I'd just try to teach you something today about New Testament missions. Why do we do it? What's the outcome of it? How much should we spend sending missionaries here and abroad? And I, I just think uh, we need to know what we're doing and why we're doing it. Somebody may come to you with a negative response. Well, what are you going to do for all of these missionaries that's with us? Okay, I'll just let you know. Number one, we're going to take all of the missionaries that's with us this month on for monthly support. And we're going to give them $1,000 for being here today. I just surrendered to missions. So me and the other missionaries that are here, other missionaries are here. It's $1,000 for just being here today. And we're also going to pay their expenses to and from where they came. Because a lot of churches do not take in consideration the, the expense it is to be on the road. Our missionary, Brother Cone, told me that he went all the way to Chicago, Illinois, and spoke in a missions conference. And the church gave him $100 and said, boy, I'm glad you're here. Glad we could take care of you. I would give $100 not to have to go to Chicago. I got hung in the airport in Chicago this past week, and I didn't see anything there that I wanted. Even the pizza stunk that I bought. So I'm, if you're from Chicago, that's good. You're from there. I'm just kidding. I'm just glad I'm down here where they still say you all, aren't you? Let's read now, if you would please follow along with me. I'll read just five verses out of, out of Acts chapter number 13. And then I'll refer back to a... Another verse back to the book of Matthew, chapter number 28. And uh, we're so glad that uh, you're here today. Spring break began, and we've got folks all over the world today. And uh, Brother Jim even had to drive a bus. Uh, that's getting desperate when Brother Jim has to drive a bus. Right, Brother Jim? Would you gladly relinquish that opportunity to somebody else next Sunday, Brother Jim? The Bible says in, in the book of Acts, chapter 13, And now there were in the church that was at Antioch. Without a doubt, we see now the location of which, of which we speak. There were in the church of Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and 
Manan, which had been brought up with Herod the Tectarch and Saul. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them, and they sent them away. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And when they were at Selmus, they preached the word of God in the synagogue of the Jews, and they had also John to their minister. I want you to hold there just a minute. I'm going to turn back to the book of Matthew, chapter number 28, and uh, we'll get our Lord's last words to the church just before he ascended back to heaven. Now, he has risen from the dead, and he's been seen by above 500 plus his apostles and disciples. And now he's standing on the mount, and just before he goes back to heaven, he commissions the church and gives them their dire responsibility in his absence. And he says this in verse number 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, now listen, them, not him, them, the New Testament church in existence in that day. Preacher, I didn't think the church started till Pentecost. Well, it's according to whose books you've been reading. But the book I'm reading said that this group had officers prior to Pentecost. He's given them the commission prior to Pentecost. They had a church treasure prior to Pentecost. Although he was a crook, he was still the church treasure. Not anything meant now. No references. So to the group that had the commission, to the group that had officers, to the group that Paul says he set first in the church apostles. To that group, he said, which is the church. And I don't know if it means anything, but they're all baptized by John B. I don't, maybe that's just a coincidence. I have no idea. You know how God is with coincidences. He said, all power is given to me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. The commission to the church is to go make disciples, baptize 
those converts and teach those converts to do the same over and over and over again. And in the church of Antioch, they are putting into practice what our Lord commanded them to do, to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, you and I are the creatures that God is speaking of. And if anybody needed the gospel, it was me. And I'm glad that somebody came by my house on a Thursday night when he could have been at home with his family watching television and doing the many and sundry things that we do in America. I think we got too many things to do, actually. Because we're so busy doing all we have to do, we leave a lot undone. But when I was raised, we didn't have a lot to do on the evening. The television wasn't yet invented. And the radio didn't work most of the time because the aerial that ran out that wire up to that big pole outside of the house, we got a lot of static on it. So we had a lot of time. But I'm glad that it's a soul winner. Somebody that believed what God said came by my house one night and preached the gospel to me. Now, I believed it, I received it, and God changed me completely that night. Notice, if you would please, as we read in the book of Acts, that we have the church is meeting on a regular basis. I'm not saying that in the book of Acts they met three times a week. I kind of get the idea they met every day of the week. And I think maybe the farther we get from the book of Acts and the closer we get to the second coming of Christ, the less time we're going to have for church. Some of you are already wondering, how long is the old man going to preach? Thank you. appreciate that. I paid him to say that right before the service. So what is the main mission of the church. Why do we assemble? Why do we have buildings and why do we have buses? And my soul, why would you take the chance of the litigation and the responsibility and uh, of having all those kids on those buses and on and on and on? Why do we even come? Why is there a Joshua Baptist church? So that one day a week we can put on our glad rags and come and impress one another? Is it so we can come and, and, be, and absorb uh, for our benefit all the things of God? I think maybe we've changed uh, attitudes into what can I get out of it? instead of what can I put into it? The church, the church's mission is missions. Somebody 
preach the gospel to you. Somebody with a tear in their eye and a broken heart realized that if you did not get saved, hell would be your eternal destiny. Somebody loved. Somebody was concerned. Somebody came by and fulfilled the mission of the church. That is to preach the gospel to every creature. The problem is man is lost. Preacher, why in the world would you send a missionary to the foreign soils of this world, to the bamboo hut, to the Baskin cities, why would you send missionaries? Listen, listen. Men and women, boys and girls are lost without Christ. Well, preacher, what will happen if they do not hear the gospel? Romans chapter 1 is very clear on that. The Bible talks about the wrath of God uh, of being uh, uh, manifest. And the Bible said, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Now listen, verse 19, Romans 1, Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. Have you ever heard of a conscience? A conscience. It seems as though man no longer has a conscience. If you watch television very much and you watch the news very much, all you hear is rape and maim, murder and arson and all. You can watch your news and the first five things that come up, somebody just shot somebody. Guns don't shoot people. People use guns to shoot people. The Bible says that we all have a conscience. God has revealed himself through our conscience. Notice something else. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. How can anybody look at creation and think there is not a creator? Where did all this come from? Where's it going? You say, well, we've got to take care of it. God's going to destroy it. Going to be burned up with fire. And a new heaven and a new earth. God is going to create a new heaven and a new earth. How can anybody take a look at a bird? I went to the eye doctor the day. He started explaining to me things about my eye. If I'd known that, I wouldn't have gone and seen him. Because I, I, how in the world can the, anything as intricate as the eye, how, how can this thing poked in my head see hundreds of miles into the space? That evolved? If it evolved, I wish it would throw it in reverse because I'll guarantee you I'd like to be young again. 
I mean, if somebody could just back this thing up a few years, somebody said, man, I wouldn't go back for anything. I'd go back for everything. I'd just, I just like to get up one morning and not hurt. But I'm glad it's hurting. That means you're still feeling in it. Amen. Can anybody look at the creation of God and look at all about us and look at all that intricate uh, makeup of, uh, of the world? Uh, can you imagine? And then even in the darkest part of Africa, they have gods. They're trying to fulfill that void in their heart that only God can fill, and they try to fill it with rain gods and river gods and idols of all sort, even the Old Testament, Baal worship and, uh, and Astaroth and all that. Everybody's always been looking for God. Hey, look, if we'll just send somebody, we can tell them the good news of Jesus Christ. There is a God. There is a creator. There is a sustainer. He is above all. He is greater than all. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He's, uh, he's a great, big, wonderful God. And if we don't show them that, they'll die and go to hell. And so our job today is to show folks that there is a God that loves them. Their conscience bear witness of that. And creation bears witness of that. So in the church at Antioch, trying to be obedient to God, in attempt to do what God wants them to do, the Bible says they were having a service, and all of a sudden, the Bible says, God says, I've got something I'd like for someone to do. And he says in verse number 2, as they ministered, to one another. Look at your Bible now. You not got to be, as they ministered to one another. Is that what your Bible said? Say what? As they ministered to the Lord. That makes a lot of difference who you're ministering to. That makes a lot of difference about who uh, your priorities are around. It makes a lot of difference of why you're here today. Did you know if you're here today, you have a ministry? And your ministry is under the Lord, not under the preacher. Under the Lord. And as they were busy ministering under the Lord, the Bible says something very plain. It says, and the, as they fasted, the Holy Ghost said. Isn't that neat? The Holy Ghost said, during the invitation, now listen to me real close. During the invitation, I'll just bet you if you'll listen, the Holy Ghost has got something he'd like to say to you. How long has it been since you felt the tug, the nudge, the pushing, or the drawing? Of the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit wants you to do one thing. Your spirit wants to do another thing. And the only thing we do at church is try to create an atmosphere by which that you'll listen not to your spirit, 
but his spirit. That's why we sing the songs. Neutralize the congregation. Try to get you all at one place. That's why we preach the word of God. Not because we like to preach, but because God's got something he'd like to say to you today. Will you listen? And the Holy Ghost said, separate me. That's what he said. Did he say that? Separate me. Barnabas and Saul. I wonder if he said to you today, I got something I want you to do. If you'd have an excuse. Because he has something for all of us to do. It's to preach the gospel to every creature. You see, it's his responsibility to preach the gospel to her. It's their responsibility to preach the gospel that not head on the front row with it. It's your responsibility. It's my responsibility. God said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. Notice the first thing about New Testament mission. The author. God is the author of missions. He loves missions so much that he sent the first missionary from the portals of glory down on the staircase of eternity. And the first missionary this world has ever known was born in the stable yonder in Bethlehem. Raised in obscurity, raised in poverty. He tasted he felt, he cried, he hurt, he had joy, he experienced grief. And everything that you and I experience, the first missionary that came from heaven experienced everything that you'll ever experience. And the Bible said he was tempted in all fashions such as us. Now, here's the difference. And yet, he was without sin. And today, he sits at the right hand of God as our mediator, as our high priest, going to God in our stead. For those who have been saved, he goes to God, interceding for us continually. God authored missions. He selected the first missionary and sacrificed his own son for the sins of the world. Preacher, why do you folks have missions? Because God authored it as sure as you and I are here today. And the Bible said, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then all were dead. 
But God commended his love toward us. And then while we were yet sinners, heaven's missionary came to earth and died for us. Missions is not only in the heart of God. Missions is the heart of God. And in the process, God selected Jesus as the first missionary. Then he chose Barnabas and Saul as an example for us that we all could, can, should be missionaries. Because in verse 2, God selected the missionaries. Is that what your Bible says? God selected the 12 disciples. And God is selecting folk even till this hour to preach the gospel. I believe that with all my heart. These men that are with us this week and the women that are with us this week and the children that are with us this week, I'll tell you, uh, they filled my office a while ago. Two missionaries filled my office with prospects. They jumped in the candy bucket with both hands, and when the kids left there, they left for the bounty of glory. There's enough sugar in those missionaries' kids' hands today. I'm telling you, you could shrink, sweeten, or fix anything in the world with all the sugar they've had. They're taking all of those kids are going to be missionaries. Mom and dad will be missionaries. And God has personally selected them, chose them, set them apart for the work whereunto he has called them. God is the author of missions. Could I please show you the agency of missions? They were at the church of Antioch. Notice verse 1, the church at Antioch. The church at Antioch. Who sends missionaries? The Bible says, at verse number 1, talks about the church at Antioch. And then in verse number 3, and when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. Now, I know you're probably not going to shout about this, but the agency for missions is not the Southern Baptist Missionary Board. It is not Bible Baptist Fellowship Missionary Board. It is not the World Baptist Missionary Board. It is not the BMI Missionary Board. The agency that sends missionaries to preach the gospel is the local New Testament church. The missionaries answers to their local church. Notice they, they provided supplication. Notice the Bible said, and when they had fasted and prayed. Now, if you and I are not praying for our missionaries, we're sinning against God. Now, we just sent the Cone family to Thailand. Good riddance. I'm sorry. 
They're watching. No, they'll have to watch this. Is it 10 hours difference? Brother Brian and his family have to get up tonight, tomorrow, tonight at 12 o'clock just to watch this program today. And I, we sent them to Thailand. If we do not pray for the Cone family, our folk just got back from, uh, uh, where did you guys go? Guatemala. You know, I get El Salvador, Guatemala, Utan, all them other tans, and all them Utan. I get them all mixed up. But we need to pray for the Ashcraft family out of our church, missionaries in Guatemala. We need to pray for the Ashcraft family in Thailand out of our church. They are answerable to me. They're under the authority of the Joshua Baptist Church. We collect their money and send to them. All of their money, all of the support for the Ashcrafts comes to this church. Our secretaries count it. They deposit it. They draw it. May I say to you today that the agency for missionaries is the local New Testament church. You got that? The church fasted and prayed for them. The church supported them. And the church received reports of what they did on the field. Look at chapter 14 and verse 26. Notice, if you would please, there is a reason why missionaries come home. First, they need a rest. Can you imagine me being in Mexico over two days. Nothing, I mean nothing derogatory or anything, but I get tired of I have not a hat and I know not how to dance around a hat. I was in Mexico for a week. This has been 20, 30, 30 years ago. And I thought I was going to explode. Da, 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 da. Nothing wrong with that. If you like that, that's fine. But da, 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 da. I just, one night, I got on the highest hill I could find, and I tuned my radio to WBAP. <laughs> and I didn't hear no religious music. I heard Bill Mack and the, and the Highway Cowboy. Man, I didn't care what they were singing. It just wasn't da, 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 da. Can you imagine me being in the Orient? That just, isn't that thrilling? I can't. But we got folks that God call there, and they'll have to put up with that. And they'll have to listen to that. And God bless them. I'll support them for them to listen to that. And I'll pray for them. But they need to come home occasionally. And when they come home, notice what happens in chapter 14 and verse 26. They, the church not only supported them, the church not only prayed for them, but now notice verse 26. And the Bible said, And thence sailed to Antioch, from whence they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work which they fulfilled, Verse 27, and when they were come 
and gathered the church together, they rehearsed, reported all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. Can anybody say amen? The author is God. The agency is the local church. And the agents is individual believers. Verse 2, the Bible said, but the Bible says in verse number 2, and as they ministered to the Lord, and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. Now, I don't know. It may be a coincidence, but it's almost 12. They didn't set that clock back. So I've got another hour. <laughs> Fourteen people passed out. Would you guys bring the smell of sauce, please? I was saved in October. When I got saved, I don't know, I, I guess I'm just a big dummy. But everything on me got saved. My toes even got saved. My feet got saved because they quit going where I used to go. My, my vocabulary got saved. I just got saved all over in October. March... I went to a missions conference. Dr. Jack Garner was preaching. A converted, alcoholic, dopehead gangster. Irish, huge man. Rough as a cob. He'd walk down the aisle. And he might walk over to this fellow and say, while he's preaching, are you saved? If you're not, come on, let's go. I mean, he, was just, he wasn't afraid of the devil himself. And he was preaching at a missions conference in the month, month of March. Sitting way back at the back when the invitation was given, I felt the Holy Ghost saying, I want you. Yeah. There wasn't a sign, a sign in the sky Bombs didn't go off, firecrackers didn't bust, but deep in my heart, God said, I want you. I said, but God, I've got 22 families depending on me. I've got 22 men working for me in two ships. And dear God, what will happen to those men and those families if I decide to serve you and not be a tool and die maker the rest of my life? And I wrestled for a time. Then finally, I said, here am I, Lord. I'll go. Fell out of the dial and came down here. And I began to pray. Dear God, I'll surrender to lead singer. I couldn't care a tune in a bucket. What am I doing, doing that? And I got up and I went back. And the Holy Ghost was still saying to me, I want you. Four kids and a wife, a business. And God said, I want you. And I got out of that aisle again and walked down that 
altar. I said, dear God, I don't know what you want me to do, but I will do the most difficult thing in the world for me to even do. I'll preach. And the burden left. That's about 47 years ago. And I want to tell you something. The Holy Ghost ain't dead today. And he's still touching young men and young women, old men and old women, to be missionaries in America and around the world. The young man that sang a little while ago would tell teachers when he was just early in school, what do you want to be when you grow up? A preacher, a pastor. Thank God God still uses individuals. What would you say today if God were to knock on your heart and say, I want you. I want you to do something eternal. I want you to do something for somebody else. I want you because I can use you. The agents, individual believers. Can I please close with the agenda? What is God's agenda? What did God do in furnishing His Son to be a sacrifice for the world? God sent His Son that somebody else's son in Africa and in Iran and Iraq and Turkey and China and Japan. God sent his son that they might be saved. But then Paul says, how can they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear you know the rest of it? Without a preacher. And then he says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Each year, well, somebody's kid is happy in the nursery. Probably one of my grandkids got a hold of somebody else. Look, if my kid, grandkid is choking your kid, don't worry about it. It's all in Christian love. And if my grandkid is getting choked, I wore my gun this morning. I was going coon that other night. I'm dignified. I'm, I'm not a redneck. I just do that because I want to. A policeman pulled me over. He said, you got a gun in the truck? I said, I'm going coon hunting. Sure, I've got a gun in the truck. He said, why didn't you tell me? I wouldn't say you didn't ask. <laughs> but we're living in a day of computers. And he went back to the computer and found out I was a card-carrying, gun-toting redneck. He said, you know I could take your card from you? 
I went to tell him, you can have it. I was carrying a gun before I had a card. <laughs> I didn't tell him. I didn't tell him that. I didn't tell him that. I don't know why I said that. I don't even know where I am now. Each year, we have emphasis throughout the year. Last month, and we don't mention it the rest of the year, we emphasized stewardship. Any folk remember that? And all month long, I taught and preached on stewardship. And our goal was, every year, the first February in fe first month, uh, Sunday in February. We have a Prove Your Love Sunday. God led me 40, no, 30-some years ago. How old is this church? 20. 25 years ago. You get my age, what's another 25 years? I'll tell you what it is, I'd like to have it back. But some 25 years ago, God led me in the office, a little building, a little church down there where our Spanish church is now. I was reading through the book of 2 Corinthians, and I came across, you prove the sincerity of your love by your giving. God led me back then to have a Sunday every year whereby we could prove to God we love him. And we have a Prove Your Love Sunday. Our goal was $150,000 cash this year, one Sunday. You say, Why? found a dog up in Indiana I wanted to try to buy. And our offer was 100 right at $90,000 that day. And folks say, well, why does your church do that? Because they have been taught biblical stewardship for 27 and a half years. And we have raised Christians who believe in New Testament biblical stewardship principles. Amen. Give, and shall be given unto you. Press down, shaken together, run over, shall men give. We do not have stewardship to raise money. We have stewardship to raise Christians. You got that? This church does not know anything about raising a special offering to pay for an air conditioner or this or that. Brother Jim said the other day, before we put all these other air conditioners, we got 42 air conditioning units. Is that right, Jim? And they all break down at the same time in the summer. You've never in your history ever heard me come to this pulpit and beg and plead for money to buy, to fix anything. You know why? Because you believe in biblical stewardship principles. Thus, your church can exercise stewardship principles to our missionaries and to our benevolence and whatever. But just as we believe in stewardship principles, we believe in New Testament mission principles. God authored it. 
The church is the agency. Individual believers, people who are saved, make live missionaries. God calls people to go to the mission field. We pray for them and send them. These missionaries are God-called, not inferior, probably superior for their obedience and their willingness to take their families to another land to try to convince sinners that Jesus paid it all. All to him we owe. Sin has left its crimson stain, but Jesus' blood has washed it white as snow.